Welcome back to Jonah's Unexpected Journey, where we're bringing to life the story of a guy in the Bible named Jonah. This is part two, In the Belly of the Beast. Before we start our second episode, let's do a quick recap. If you're Jonah, you're kind of settled, life's fairly comfortable, and then God throws you a curveball. He asks you to do something you do not want to do. So you run as far away as you can, as fast as you can. But then you learn the hard way that you can't really run from God. You find yourself on a ship in the middle of a huge storm, and you've brought everyone around you into your storm too. And eventually you're like, just throw me overboard. So you know, typical Monday. But then God does the unexpected. Here comes a huge fish that swallows you and saves you from the waves. And that's where we last left Jonah. Let's see what happens to Jonah in this fishy situation in today's episode, In the Belly of the Beast. So one second, you're flying through stormy waves and winds, fully expecting to drown or be lost at sea. And then you hear a splash and everything goes black. Did you just die? What is this? Why does it smell so bad? Why are your hands so slimy? And then your eyes adjust and you realize you're in the belly of a very large fish. Jonah 1.17 says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And then Jonah chapter 2 verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. So Jonah is inside this dark place alone with nowhere to go and no idea what's coming. What do you do during those three days? Maybe the first day you're panicking, trying to escape, looking for exits, punching or clawing at the inside of the fish to no avail, or maybe just settling into despair. Maybe the next day is driven by your empty stomach, looking for something, anything to eat, and really missing that bagel you left behind the other day. And then maybe the third day is when you finally surrender. You slow down enough to think, to reflect. You're stuck and helpless and no human ability or strength can get you out of this. Whatever it was that led him to this moment, Jonah finally decides to pray. Jonah 2 verse 2 to 6 says, He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. So something has changed in Jonah's relationship with God inside the belly of the fish. He goes from avoiding God to grateful to God, even though he's still in a dark pit. Let's take a minute to think about how this experience applies to us today. Have you ever felt like you were stuck in a dark and completely unfamiliar place and there's no way out, nowhere to go but to deal with yourself? Everything you might have looked to to feel good or confident is gone. You cannot get yourself out of this place, no matter how hard you try, and none of your friends can either. 
Those are what we'll call belly of the fish moments, when it doesn't matter how good you are at your job or what people think of you or how much money you have or anything else really. It takes being in a pit like this for Jonah to realize what truly matters. It seems like one thing we can learn from Jonah is that these belly of the fish moments are the times God can change our perspective. With us again today is our editor-in-chief, Russ Ewell, who recently did a talk on the book of Jonah. So Russ, what do you think happened to Jonah's relationship with God and sense of purpose when he was in the belly of that fish? When I started studying Jonah, it was for myself. Because I felt that with COVID-19 and all that was going on, life was incredibly uncomfortable, disjointed, stressful, chronically stressful, worrisome. And I felt that in that moment, God had put me in the fish. And probably everybody who's out there who's experienced this incredible pandemic feels the same way. But there were three things that we just heard that are important. Comfortable, cry, and call. And darkness, four really. Comfortable, cry, and call, and darkness. And what I see, and I learned in my own life is, when we experience suffering, pain, or discomfort, it forces us to cry out to God. It forces us to call out to Him. Why? To be rescued? Sure, but to gain understanding. To find a sense of why are we in this place? That's what Jonah is really all about. I'm not even sure how comfortable his life was before he was in the belly of the whale or the fish, but it was more comfortable than being in the belly of the whale and the fish. So let's talk about that dark place for a little bit. We all get to dark places of discouragement, disillusionment, and Jonah was there. He had lost faith in God because he thought God was doing something that ran counter to what he thought God should do. But in that moment, being alone, being in the dark, he understood, I'm not comfortable and I'm not gonna get comfortable. And so I've got to cry out. I've got to call out and let's zero in. What happened to his relationship with God? It stopped being ritualistic and it started being emotional. It stopped being on the outside and it started being on the inside. That storm, Jonah discovered, was in him. It wasn't the storm that hit the ship. It was a storm inside of him, the conflict he had over what he wanted and what God wanted. And the belly of the fish, that's where Jonah was able to resolve it. Being emotionally honest, he got himself to that place. And that's where I know I've tried to get to. Emotionally honest to get to that place where God can truly use my life. Yes, so I guess a follow-up question. What do you think the belly of the fish might be in each of our lives? The belly of the fish in our lives? That's a really good question. I already had talked earlier about COVID-19, but guess what? Sometimes marriage, for me, that can be the belly of the fish, where your wife wants to talk to you, my wife wants to talk to me about something maybe I don't want to talk about. Going back to those three things I mentioned, comfort, call, cry. When I have to talk to my wife about something I don't want to talk about, it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's a job you got to do. Sometimes there's parts of my job I don't like at all. That could be the belly of the fish. Sometimes it's catching a cold, not COVID. Sometimes it's having to take care of our parents as they age and be able to serve them and do things for them. And it limits us. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that the belly of the fish is always a limit in our life. It can be a limit of our weakness, a limit of our character. It can be a limit of our opportunities. We can feel completely frustrated because guess what? We're not in control. And bottom line, that's what the belly of the fish does to our relationship with God. It takes away all of our control. It makes us realize how small we are and how big God is. And that's a good thing because when we realize how big God is, 
we realize how extraordinary our life can be when we connect with God. Okay, and then my last question for you today, how can our belly of the fish moments help us get perspective to see God's purpose for us? You know, this is an extraordinary question. How can our belly of the fish moments give us perspective on God's purpose for our lives? So let's start first with, I'll tell you what, there are a lot of things going into COVID-19 that I had no idea were going to happen. And one of them is the extraordinary work of our whole digital team here uh, at uh, Deep Spirituality. It's just been extraordinary the way that everyone has worked together. I didn't see that coming until the COVID-19 came, until the pandemic hit. So sometimes what you have to do is realize that sometimes moments of suffering and difficulty and pain and discomfort are actually open doors, God opening doors to make things happen. But let's, let's, let's dig a little bit deeper here, okay? You can find real treasures in the periods of your life that preceded the age you're at. What I mean is sometimes a pivotal moment of understanding can come from looking back at seventh or eighth grade or looking back at high school or looking back at college, whatever it may be. We oftentimes think, well, I I, want to be really open about my present life and that's important. But sometimes we need to be open about our past life. There are a lot of people who don't want to talk about their past because they're running from it. And in many ways, what happened with Jonah is Jonah was having to deal with the fact that his past view of God was wrong. His past view of God was that every single person who wasn't a part of Israel would be destroyed and defeated for Israel's sake. And in this particular case, God said, no, I'm not doing that. You don't fully understand me, Jonah. My purpose is actually to save also the people who are not Israel. It was really a preview of where Jesus was going to come in. It was a preview to let us know for the first time, here was a prophet that was not just for Israel. It was for Nineveh. Now, Let me get a little bit more specific and share a story with you. Back when I was in college or just after I got done, I was really struggling in my life. I was struggling because my focus was on people. It was on people who were leaders in the church. It was on people that I worked for. It was on people that were my friends. It was on people that were were not my friends, classmates, former classmates. I was consumed by, do people like me? Do they respect me? Do they think what I'm doing is really awesome? And and, and do they want to cheer me on? And and do do they want to know me? Do they want to be my friend? Do do they want to date me? I had all these things in my head and they crowded God out. God got completely crowded out. And I went for a walk uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's where I lived at the time. And I actually went to Harvard Yard and I sat down under a tree. And it was under that tree that I was really frustrated and I prayed and I was talking to God and I was trying to ask him for help. And it's interesting because Jonah ends up under a tree, right? So it's kind of really funny. But I ended up under this tree and I was saying to God, I'm so frustrated. I keep doing terrible. I, I get going well. And then I, it's like I take, you know, two steps forward and three steps backward. And, and I, I, I asked God, help me understand what the problem is. And it's like, as I was reading my Bible and praying, it became really clear to me. Every time my focus was on people instead of God, my life crashed. And that's what the moments should be like in our life. We should be able to look and say, what are the patterns What's happening? That's what these belly of the fish moments are for, to stop, to stop moving and running and and spinning all of our energy and spinning plates and and being selfishly ambitious and trying to get ahead or trying to be comfortable. Instead, sit there in the moment like I did under a tree and figure out, you know what? The only thing ruining your life is not what you do, it's where you focus. And that's what we can all learn when we take the time to get perspective on God's purpose for our life. And I figured out God's purpose for my life was helping people, not focusing on getting people to give me attention. Wow, thanks, Russ. So it's not what you do, it's where you focus. 
Let's make this personal for a minute. If you took time to slow down and reflect in prayer, like rested in his example, what do you think you would find? Where is your focus? How could your perspective change simply by redefining what really matters? It took being in the belly of the fish for Jonah to realize that his view of God was wrong. In this dark moment, Jonah's focus shifted from himself to God. Let's hop back in the story. Jonah 2, verse 7 to 8. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. Imagine being Jonah as you sit there after three days in that fish, finally praying to the God you worked so hard to run away from. It hits you. You've been running after what you want, but in doing so, you turned your back on God's love, mercy, and purpose. Jonah 2 verse 9, But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Jonah finally recognizes that his happiness and purpose come from God alone, and that was all God needed. So now you've spent more than three days in the belly of a fish. Maybe you've gotten used to the smell in there now. You no longer jump at the slightest sound. You might even be convinced that you'll probably die here. And you've made peace with that. And then it happens. You feel something you haven't felt before. Some kind of liquid starts rising, moving faster than you can register past your ankles and then your knees. Is this it? Is the fish finally eating you whole? The liquid's at your neck now, but then you start rising with it. All of a sudden, you are launched into the sky, the sun blinding you after days of darkness. After a few seconds of having a strong feeling of deja vu as you fly through the air, you look down and see, wait, is that sand? Jonah 2.10, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. And just like that, Jonah's gotten a fresh start. He may still be feeling a little bit slimy, but now that he's had a change in perspective, God is going to give him another chance to live out his purpose. Let's pause and reflect. After thinking through your belly of the fish moments, what new perspective do you think you need? What purpose is God calling you to live out? Stay tuned next week where we travel with Jonah to the place he spent this whole story avoiding, the city of Nineveh. This was episode two of Jonah's Unexpected Journey by Deep Spirituality. A quick note about our narrations. Our storytelling is based on the Bible, historical research, and our best guess. Only the Bible verses are the inspired word of God, and the storytelling is added to help us experience the scriptures as if we were there. If you like what you heard today, make sure to subscribe and drop us a line at podcast at deepspirituality.com.